1: Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition. It feels like we just saw you, but another edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. We're going live a little bit early tonight because we want to kind of be with y'all as the rankings start getting revealed. ESPN is just now kicking off their show, and we're going to find out where Notre Dame ends up in tonight's ranking. So obviously Notre Dame won this past weekend 44 to nothing. There were several teams ahead of them that lost this weekend. And of course, some teams ahead of them that, you know, didn't necessarily play so great. So we're going to see, I would imagine they'll move up at least three spots from their number 18 spot they were last week. There's a chance they could end up as high as 13, like they were in the AP poll. So we're going to discuss all of that. And we'll just kind of discuss the rankings as they come out and uh, just do what we always do, give our feedback on uh, just on the rankings. We'll talk about what we think of the top four, the teams that are in it, kind of, look, you know, how some of the matchups this weekend are going to play us. We're going to have some fun, just talking some ball, hanging out with our people, Sean. That's what we, that's what we love to do.
2: It's going to be an interesting uh, statement here by the CFP committee to see what they try to set up with the last two weeks, really uh, having the opportunity to be kind of chaotic with all these championship games, big-time matchups. I uh, saw uh, about a two-minute clip earlier, where Heather Dennis was talking about how pivotal Notre Dame was in this thing over the next two weeks, how important the win for Ohio State might end up being if they can't beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to upset USC to set up other opportunities for one win teams like Clemson, right? You know, and the Clemson lost, you know. That they have at the hands, of the drubbing they have at the hands of Notre Dame, how that plays into the, how the committee views them. So Notre Dame is front and center yeah. in the committee's mind in the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, Sean, the 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 Ohio, the USC, Ohio State, Clemson aspect is fascinating because obviously Notre Dame is not going to be a college football playoff team this year. No, no, but if you're not going to be in it, you want to have an impact on it. Right. And right now they're in a position where they've going to have an impact on it. The only reason Clemson's not firmly in the top four is because Notre Dame smacked them. Yeah. You know uh, the, the only thing keeping note right now in the immediate future, the only thing that could keep USC from jumping into the top four is Notre Dame beating them. Yeah. You know? And so, it's going to be fascinating. Obviously, USC could lose the Big Ten, twelve champion, Pac twelve championship game, but that's another thing for another time. So, and then how does the committee view Tennessee? You know, without Hendon Hooker, how they play this weekend? It's just a lot yeah. of the jockeying behind the top. I mean, I think the top four is going to stay the same, right? Nobody lost. Yeah, yeah. we're going to see Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. I don't see that changing. What's going to be fascinating is what's next where does Clemson finally leap above Bama does, you know, cause like what's your justification. So like, let's say LSU loses to Georgia and let's say, you know, Michigan gets smacked by Ohio state and let's just say, you know, I mean, all these things that could, could happen, right. Mm-hmm. What's your justification then going to be for moving Clemson? Are you going to put Bama in as the number two or as a number four seed at some point in time, you know, and, and you're going to keep Clemson out at 12 and one. What would be the justification for that? So why is Bama still ahead of Clemson? Will that change this week? Will we see sort of like what we saw with like Ohio State and uh, Baylor jumping TCU late in the process? So it's going to be very fascinating to see how that all
0: plays out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSC. Well, I think they they show respect. this is why I think Notre Dame will jump up and is gaining respect with the committee. Because <laughs> they look at that loss for Clemson. And that's one of the reasons it's a much better loss. Um, Than some, but then I don't think the loss is as good as the losses that Alabama has in the eyes of the committee. You know, two late game losses where Alabama literally had the chance to win both games late in the game to Tennessee and LSU. And then the drubbing by Notre Dame.
1: I guess for me, it still comes down to the only argument that you can make for Bama is they have better losses. That's it. Right. But you you can't build their resume around wins. No. That's my problem with it. You know, and right now, Clemson has beat the team that beat the SEC West champs. You know, so there's just really no justification right now for still having Alabama ahead of Clemson. Yes, their losses are close, but the counter argument is, OK, they almost lost to Texas. They almost lost to. Texas A&M, who's not very good. They almost lost to Arkansas, who's not very good, and had their third-string quarterback in at the end of the game. You know, like I said to Ryan in a conversation earlier – no, or was it you? They're closer to being 6-5 and than they are 11-0, and in my opinion, Mm
2: -hmm. you know.
1: So – because they got outplayed by Tennessee a lot of that game. They hit some plays. They got some officiating calls. That pass interference on fourth down was a horrible call, in my opinion. Uh, So – you know that's kind of that's kind of and LSU. I mean LSU. I thought outplayed them as well too. Certainly outcoached them. Alabama just had better players that which allowed them to kind of stay in that game a little bit. But you know I think Alabama's been played a lot this year. I don't think Clemson's been outplayed this year except for the one game against Notre Dame. So think,
2: uh, they got outplayed twice. I would say in my opinion. Wake. No, uh, I think Syracuse outplayed them. Okay, that's a game. that's a fair one. Yeah, they oh, warm down late. Okay, the Louisville in anything. at
1: twenty five is huge for Clemson.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's big for Clemson. Yeah, so that's a that's a big one. So they got Oregon State at twenty one, UCF at twenty two, yeah. Texas at twenty three, at four losses. They're <laughs> really going to try to pump up that Bama resume, aren't they? <laughs> They're part of the
2: ESPN family with the Longhorn Network. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Cincinnati at twenty four is a little surprising. They didn't move up more, and then uh, Louisville at twenty five. So that's going to mean that that Tulane is now sitting pretty with the top group of five thing. If you know they got to still play Cincinnati this weekend, that's going to set up a very interesting game this weekend with Cincinnati. Sean, very interesting weekend.
2: Yeah, that's one of the teams that you might like to see. Going against Notre Dame in a bowl. Yes,
1: you, Cincinnati is for me for sure. Yeah. That would be a fascinating storyline. Fascinating. And I'm surprised they kept UCF in actually. Now that they lost a Navy, but yeah, I
2: mean, such a disappointing loss. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. They're not a top twenty-five team for me. I mean, I still don't no. see. You know, they just don't have the wins for me. Although they they beat Tulane, that was a good one. Tw- Ole Miss falls down to twenty. So Notre Dame's at least in the top 15. You got Florida State at 16, so they did not jump Notre Dame. You got Tulane at 19, uh, wow, this- bounce back from their loss. UCLA at 18, yeah. North Carolina at 17, so Notre Dame still has a, – that's a really good quality win for Notre Dame. Then Florida State up to 16. So this is looking good for Clemson so far, Sean. It is. Louisville jumping in, and now North Carolina still being 17 because if, if – Clemson beats, so North Carolina is probably going to win this weekend. If they do, if if they do, then all of a sudden they're still around 15 ish. If Clemson beats them, they're going to stay in the top 25. If they'd have fallen down to 20, you know, it might have been harder to keep them in there. And then Florida State at 16, Sean is big, big, wonderful, for
2: them. wonderful job. I took my captain, Mike Norville, for oh, what yeah. he's done with that program.
1: Sean, they were on the verge, I thought they were on the verge of collapsing when they lost three in a row. Yeah.
2: There's Last
1: previous – okay, Notre Dame
2: checks in at 15. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that surprises me a little now bit. Now, this goes sure. to my point. I yeah. firmly believe that if Notre Dame had finished Navy the way they were supposed to, they would be sitting 12-13. Yeah,
1: I don't disagree with you, but I think that's a nonsense thing for them to be doing. I don't I don't disagree with you. I mean
2: – you know you know oh, But you know how you things are. Oh, I know. But Utah, I mean, again – Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kansas State for me is like what?
1: Right. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't get that one at all. I don't get Utah. I don't get Utah being ahead of Notre Dame. To be honest with right. you, Washington. I understood they were ahead of them last week, and then I. I don't get the committee's infatuation with Utah. I. I I've never understood it. I, I really don't. I mean, yeah, they beat USC. I. I, I just don't get the infatuation with Utah. I, I just don't. I don't. But we'll see. I mean, it'll play itself out this weekend. If Notre Dame beats USC, they'll leap Utah, I think.
2: They'll leap all four of those teams, in my opinion.
1: Possibly. Possibly. Well, some of those teams could lose. I mean, Washington State's got to play – or Washington's got to go to Washington State. You know, Kansas State plays Kansas. You know, Penn State at 11 is is ridiculous. It's a joke. They've beaten no one. They've beaten absolutely no one at this point in time. What's their biggest (laughs) win outside of the Big Ten? Auburn? Who stinks, yes, yes. <laughs> right, they stink. Yeah. So,
2: and what's their big win in the Big Ten? Probably, probably Purdue. At this point,
1: right? A game they got outplayed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was going well for Clemson. That that doesn't help Clemson as much, in my opinion. No. Yeah. Yep. All right, so uh, yeah, Ooh, I mean, Penn Tennessee State had, yeah, at 10. Tennessee at ten. This is going to be really interesting.
2: They dropped down five spots, and that's probably including the loss of Hendon Hooker too. That probably yes. dropped them yeah. maybe another spot.
1: Yep. But Notre Dame moves up what three spots, Sean? Yeah. Okay, so come on now, guys. Let's get to it. I've got them on mute, so all I'm just seeing is
2: staring at the screen wondering what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> I understand going team by team once you get to the top six. Sure. sure. sure I get it. But. Yeah. 7, you can just post it.
1: I know, right? Yeah, like, come on, guys. Yeah, one through four. They should have done one through four. I would have gone to one through four because those aren't going to change. Those are the most obvious.
2: Oregon with the big Nine in
1: Oregon. Okay. So, Oregon moves up. I thought they dropped a little bit too far with their loss to – After the loss uh, to Washington? Yeah, I thought they dropped too far. Like – you know, like, why does Utah only drop the spots they did, but Utah dropped as far as they did, or you know what I mean? Oregon dropped as far as they did. It doesn't make any sense to me, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was a little strange.
2: Yeah, they are, Utah doesn't deserve to be ahead of Notre Dame at this
1: point. No, oh, it does not. And Oregon tried to give them that game on Saturday. Yeah, they did. I mean, they, they really did. Tried to give it to them. And Utah couldn't capitalize. That was an ugly game. Yeah, very ugly game. And I thought, Sean, to your point about Navy, Ooh, I thought the –
2: They're still at eight. Wow, they're oh, going to have Alabama ahead are. of Clemson? That's absurd. They are. they are really punishing Clemson for that Notre
1: Dame loss. Like, that's absurd, man. So you're going to have Alabama at number seven based on what? Like, what's Alabama's resume right now, Sean? Like, what's the, what are the wins that they're building the Alabama re- resume around? beating Ole Miss. I mean, literally right now, Alabama has wins over number 24 and number 20, right? No, I'm sorry. 20 and 23. Correct. Yep. I mean, okay.
2: I mean, I know why, why but you know, because people talk resume, like it's not about just resume with this committee. Like, they watch these games,
1: but Alabama's not impressive, though, in their games. That's the thing: is Alabama's not impressive in their game. They, they, yeah, they almost won two games, but they lost those games, and they've looked bad in a lot of games this year that they've yeah, won. They've
2: lost two close games to teams that are going to be in the top right. six. But that they is, lost,
1: right? They that lost. That is what they're
2: holding on to, and they're right. looking at the eye test and saying Alabama is a better team than Clemson. That's, I don't see, but
1: I don't think the eye test says that, though. Hold on. Alabama said, okay. Like to me, yes, they had close losses. Great. But they didn't look very good in beating Texas. They didn't look very good in beating Ole Miss, to be honest with you. I mean, Ole Miss should have beat them. They didn't look very good beating Texas AM. and m Arkansas was a good win, but Arkansas is not very good. Like I just, you got to, to me, your resume, your eye test has to be how do you play in games you actually win, you know, and they didn't win those games. You know, Clemson is, has to me been an, has has been in more control of games, in my opinion, this year. Like like was the only the only game that Clemson really, you know, Syracuse game was competitive, right? No, and Clemson had
2: three games where they were questionable.
1: uh, talk, including Clemson. the loss, right? Are you yeah. Including the loss, yeah. yeah. The you've loss. got Wake Forest, uh, Syracuse, and Notre Dame, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Why do they have Greg McElroy on this? I don't understand
3: he's, that because he's a former Alabama great. <laughs> no, he's
1: a former Alabama quarterback.
3: <laughs> <laughs> tell, that can, his, tell that to his tell to his record quarterback right. record, man. Yeah. You don't want to
2: yeah, give him the great
1: nonsense. Ryan just coming in with the troll stuff right away.
3: <laughs> they, they just need to get Jacob Jacob Coker on here. I know, and right? Then we can get uh, I mean, I, think, I think Blake Sims
2: with, with the Clemson Alabama thing. It, there is a clear ACC versus SEC bias. I mean, it's, right. they're pretty much telling you that. Right, which is uh, going to be
1: interesting to see how that shakes out this weekend, Sean, because you have, what, three ACC-SEC matchups this weekend? Yeah. Right, so you'll have – oh no, four, actually, four, because doesn't
2: Louisville play Kentucky as well? Yeah, that's their rivalry game.
1: Okay, so you'll have four SEC versus ACC games this weekend.
2: You have the – what, Clemson, South Carolina?
1: Right, South Carolina plays, I think, at Clemson. Florida does Florida State's at home, right? Against Florida, I believe so. Yeah, they're at home, and then you've got Georgia, Georgia Tech. That'll be a blowout, probably. And then you've got obviously um, what you just you just the game you just mentioned. So yeah, it's Louisville, Kentucky, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, and then South Carolina, Clemson. So it's going to be interesting to see how how the ACC does in that, and if they actually look at that as something that they're going to respond to. But what's the uh, has, has there what what are the SEC ACC matchups we've seen so far? The third best team in the ACC right now is beat the number two team in the SEC right. So, yep, and they should already be getting more respect. Opinion. I mean, Pitt
2: came within an eyelash
1: of beating yeah. Tennessee. He took them to overtime. Pitt's a middle of the road ACC team this year. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. Ohio State number two. That's expecting. Expected.
3: Number three, Michigan.
1: Yep. This is why on Saturday we're going to have to get all of our TVs on the same the same wavelength. But yeah, so, and then I, I I mean, the top four is not going to change. I mean, there's no way they're going to drop TCU out, right? I mean, there's no way they could do that.
2: No chance. Um, no chance. I mean, personally, I would have flip-flopped Michigan at TCU, but that's Agree. Just, that's Agree, Sean.
3: Sean, that's the hatred in your heart, sir. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm
2: know, I, yeah. But and
1: honestly, though, the resume says that too. I mean, TCU has far more good wins. Michigan has one win over an inflated Penn State team, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know,
3: the eye test, man. The eye test.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, and, ser- I, and I, seriously, though, the eye yeah. test can only mean so much. I mean, an eye test Agree? has to be okay. What does test really mean? Okay, you almost won a couple games. LSU at five, so USC's going to be a six. That surprises me a little bit. I thought they'd give – I thought they bump USC up after beating UTLA.
2: Yeah. I, I knew LSU would be at five. They're trying yeah. to set – this is perfect positioning to benefit the SEC.
1: Right, oh, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Oh,
2: yeah. You know, so this is protection for Georgia. This is absolute protection for Georgia if they lose the SEC championship game. Yep. Absolutely. And
3: they get two SEC cool. teams in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sean, let's not let's not live in a world where LSU wins the SEC championship game though, please. Yeah. I mean,
2: the- yo, they, they play the game, bro. <laughs> <I> mean,
3: <laughs> yeah. Anything
2: can happen, Stetson and Bennett can go down the first play.
3: <laughs> yep. They got they got who, who's their backup? Carson Beck. We got Carson Beck ready, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you got Carson Beck, You have the Vandergriff kid, but Beck's their backup. Yeah, I've got about Brock Vandergriff. Yeah, him. yep. Yeah, this is like it's so. I mean, here's the thing: what has the SEC done this season to deserve that ranking? In my opinion, I just I think there's a lot of mixed results. You can look at Florida beat Utah and the Pac-12, but like they also have some bad losses. You know, Florida State beat LSU. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Texas A&M lost to App State, who gave. You know, AM gives Alabama game, right? Well, I mean,
2: sorry, well, are, are you – sorry, Sean, go ahead. no, you go. No, I'm just saying, normally, the committee right here has not had to work this hard, right?
1: To get to pump the SEC up, right? Well, the SEC, yeah.
2: Because Georgia and Alabama, yo, everybody expected it. Georgia and Alabama will be in the SEC championship game, right? Loser is at the fourth spot, winner is right. at the one spot, big right. 10 championship gets in there. And then whomever's left
0: right. out of the conference yeah. champions
2: gets in at the three spot. And then when they lost to Tennessee, they still had dreams of it. But then they lost to LSU. So now they have to pump up LSU, who got blasted at home by Tennessee. Right. I mean, blasted. Right. 40-13, to 13
1: and it wasn't that close,
2: Sean. And lost to what? Florida State sitting at what did I see? Thirteen. Got
1: outplayed the entire game as well. They I don't think they ever led in that game, right? So
2: they got outplayed by Florida State. So
1: Clemson looked far more impressive in beating Florida State than LSU did. I mean, if you want to do common opponents, oh, so LSU has Clemson has a better record, Mm -hmm. and they have a more convincing win over a common opponent. So
2: yeah, that was a home game for LSU,
3: basically. Yeah,
1: basically.
3: Yeah, basically, yeah. You know, it's right. a weird one for me, as speaking of SEC, Tennessee's still at 10. I thought they yeah. may have dropped back a spot or two more just because if we're talking about, obviously, the resume, right? I mean, the resume is that you just got destroyed by a okay SEC team. I mean, South sure. Carolina's, what, 7-3? and three? But then if you're – also, bringing into the eye test, I mean, Hendon Hooker now being out for the season, your Heisman Trophy candidate. He's not, I mean, yeah, that's got to be something. Right? I mean,
1: I get that, but for me, it's like, who are you going to put ahead of him? You're going to put Penn State? What's Penn State's resume built on? At least LSU can, or Tennessee can still say, hey, we beat number seven Alabama. We beat number five LSU. And I get, Ryan, like I get what you're saying with like Hendon Hooker's out and they just got blown out, but that doesn't negate that they blew out Alabama or blew out uh uh lsu and then beat alabama and, yeah. and really led i mean they really controlled the game for i mean they were up big early alabama claws back alabama yeah yep. so you again you got to have something you got to have wins to hang your hat on and 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 i yes this weekend's loss was bad but there's some. i mean penn state has two double digit losses on their resume right now one of those games is more competitive the Ohio state game was competitive until the end it was yeah but like they haven't beat anybody and then you've got who's number whose number um I think it's Kansas State is at twelve, right? Yeah. Kansas I mean State. Kansas State has three losses. Yeah. You know, including a, a loss to Tulane. Right. So, I mean, the only team you could maybe think about bumping up is Washington at nine and two because of a comparable record. And they've at least got some good wins. They got a win over number nine, Oregon, but they also lost to Arizona State. So yeah, I I I I would
3: I get the temptation to move them down. I just I just don't know who I would put. That, ahead of them at this that, that uh Washington lost to Arizona State is still one of the most befuddling losses of the season so far. That was odd, very odd game. Think
1: about where Washington would be sitting right now if they didn't lose that game.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, they'd be sitting in a good position, really good yeah. position. Guys, I'm going to ask you this question too. I wonder how much of them having Clemson and USC further away – is not only meant to attempt to try to get because what are the two conferences that draw the most ratings? It's the SEC and who else? The Big Ten. Big Ten. Yeah. I wonder how much of this is also trying to set up, put Clemson as far away as they can, and USC as far away as they can to make it harder to drop Michigan if Michigan has a close loss to Ohio State.
2: Oh, in conjunction with keeping Penn State as high as they are. Right. Right. So it's that- not just about and- Georgia and
1: LSU. It's also about I think,
2: yeah. I mean, because look, let's be, I
1: mean, to me, Sean, I think you made a great point. This is the hardest this committee's ever had to work to manipulate the rankings.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> right. And it's because the two power conferences that they want that make money aren't
3: great this year. Really? They're not. I mean, I mean, you're also, you're also, I mean, to, to the Clemson conversation of trying to keep them back. Also, putting Notre Dame at 15 makes that a little, you know That's what I mean? A, like looks like an as, attempt to
1: punish both yes, of them. I mean, it, it's exactly. it's going to diminish the win by USC
3: yep. and makes the Clemson loss in him look worse. And well, and the fact that USC is behind LSU is also like, you know, if Notre Dame wins that game, then it's, you know yeah. what I mean? There's just a lot of, a lot of politics in this one, I yeah. think, right now.
2: I think there's a lot of. I'll, I'll say this. I think the committee actually respects Notre Dame more than the ranking. Yes. Agreed. Like you can't punish Clemson but then award Notre Dame. Correct. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. if you award Notre Dame, that means that loss, that's a pretty darn good loss.
1: It's not right. an anti-Notre Dame ranking. It's an right. anti-Clemson ranking. Well,
2: the lower you rank Notre Dame, the more you can punish Clemson. And Florida screws as with as their whole. The
1: yeah. Florida State rankings jacks them up big time. Yes, because they've got to make they've got to make the loss. But see, I think what they're trying to do is get Florida State and Notre Dame as close as they can to each other, so they can be like, "Well, look, Clemson got blown out by then their loss to number whatever, and LSU's loss to number whatever was really competitive, and then ignore the fact that Clemson actually beat that team convincingly." Right right you know what i mean just ignore the goal that little
2: the state fact. was up what double digits until like yes. what 3 minutes in that game yeah Did you guys yeah. watch the game yeah. yeah
1: somebody just said this and i and i'll go even further some uh let's see here who who said that um about the committee let me let me find this one um the, here we go irish I town said the committee will lose its credibility if a one loss acc champ does not get in i'm going to tell you right now They're going to lose their credibility if a one-loss Pac-12 or a one-loss Big 12 or a one-loss ACC don't get in over a two-loss SEC team. Yeah, like that's I mean because like like let's okay here's a perfect example. Let's take the fact that Georgia is a is a um, uh, defending champ, right? That shouldn't matter in this year's rankings, right? It should just be about who you are this year. So if Georgia loses to LSU, explain to me why Georgia has a resume that should have them staying in the college playoff. Forget because what they always say, right? This is what they say. This is what they say. The committee is always adamant about saying, okay, here's the deal. We are – they're doing this right here. This is great. Clemson has a higher strength of record and a better win-loss record against uh, top 25 teams. By the way, they just pointed that out. So, again, you can't just – I love that ESPN's calling them on it. At least it looks like it. I don't know what they're saying, but it looks like it by putting that up. But here's what I'm saying. they, The committee says every week we throw out the previous rankings. I think that's bull crap. At least this year it is. I think in the past there was merit to that, saying that they actually did that, guys. I think that there were times where you say, hey, look, this looks like a fresh batch of rankings. Yeah. But I think that this year you're very much saying that they're looking at last week's because how can you look at Clemson's wins the last couple weeks – and still justify – and then look at how Bama's played over against, like, who, and then justify still keeping Bama ahead of them, Yeah, you know, especially since Bama's resume just took a hit with Tennessee getting crump crump, crump, destroyed by South Carolina, to Ryan's point, right? So that loss looks worse. And and so, to me, it's like it's hard for me to justify – the, the belief that they throw the rankings out every week. Cause otherwise there's no justification for continuing to keep Alabama and LSU ahead of USC. Cause like last week, Sean, you could have justified LSU being ahead of USC because yeah. the question was, well, who has USC beat? Well, they just beat the top 20 team now. Right. And they're only lost to your point, the good loss. They only lost by one point to your number 14
2: team. 14 team. Let me ask you this though. This is going to be interesting. We, we could talk top four. This is where you test the integrity. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame wins. They're at fifteen. USC is what seventh?
3: Six, uh, sixth. Sixth.
1: sixth, sixth. Yeah, five you LSU, six USC. Uh,
2: let's say Notre Dame wins. Not super close, but it's convincing. Mm-hmm. Do you still keep USC ranked ahead of Notre Dame? But how yeah. can you? How can you tell both people, college football fans that just watched these two teams play, right? That that team that has one more loss, that just smashed this other team, isn't a better football team when they beat them in their home.
1: And to game. your point, Sean, you're clearly looking at the committee. They're clearly okay putting teams with fewer with more losses ahead of teams Absolutely. with fewer losses. Twice Absolutely. they're doing Absolutely. it. Twice in these rankings. Right, LSU being ahead of well, really, LSU being ahead of USC and Clemson, and then Alabama being ahead of Clemson. Mm -hmm. You're, You're absolutely, and then you look at the three loss teams. There's three loss teams ahead of two loss teams in these rankings as well. You've got three loss Kansas State ahead of two loss Washington ahead of two loss North Carolina. Right. So to your point, what would USC's resume be compared to Notre Dame's at that point? Absolutely. Okay, here's the advantage they have. Okay, well, we have a win over a common opponent. That doesn't mean anything because we just beat you on your field in this hypothetical situation. Right. So Notre Dame would have two top 10 wins and another top 20 win. What's USC's resume? What What are they building their, their resume around? A close loss to Utah? We said this in week one, Ryan. and it, mm-hmm. No, you weren't in here. I think it was Vince. They are you're seeing more emphasis on losses with these rankings, quality and of wins. losses than wins. Because, how else do you justify Notre Dame being where they are when they have a far more impressive wins than several teams ahead of them? Several yeah. teams ahead of them. So, like, Washington's a perfect example, Sean. To your point, you're know, like, I'm okay with Washington being ahead in my just in my head, but then my, my question is. But how does Washington have a better resume than Notre Dame right now, right? I mean, if you're going to talk about wins, they lost to number 18 UCLA in a convincing fashion. It was 40-32, to but wasn't that close. And then they lost to an unranked and not very good Arizona State team. And then the the three games leading into their game against Colorado, who's terrible, they had a three-point win over number nine Oregon. Well, Notre Dame has a 21-point win over number eight Clemson. Right. And then they had a seven point win over Cal in a game that was very similar to Notre Dame had a seven point win over Washington. Right. And then they have a three point win over number 22, Oregon State. So a win over a, a three point win over number 10, and a three point win over number 22. Notre Dame, however, has a 21 point win over number eight and a 13 point win over number 17, both on that one on the road. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're going to look at, you know, resumes, and no, and one of Notre Dame's losses was a competitive loss on the road to number two, in a game Notre Dame led for more of that game. Right. You gotta you know be State led. You're gonna do it for everybody else, right? Do it for the other teams as well. So if you're gonna have those teams, if you're gonna have LSU ahead of USC, and if you're gonna have Alabama ahead of Clemson, then why is Notre Dame at 15?
3: Okay. Right. Also, uh, where, where was where was Kansas State? Isn't Kansas State like 13 in front both. of Notre Dame as well? 12. 12. Well, I mean I was just I was just looking at their schedule. I mean, the ranked opponents, well the currently ranked opponents that they've faced, they lost to Tulane. They mm-hmm. lost to TCU yeah. and they lost to Texas. They're 0-3 they against
1: ranked teams. They, they don't have a
3: ranked win. Yeah. Sean, be, Ryan, because they have better losses than
1: Notre Dame. That's the whole thing. The only justification you can have for oh. having Kansas State ahead of Notre Dame is because their losses are better.
3: Two of their three losses are better. Yeah. That's it. A two-lane a two-lane team that just got boat raced by UCF last week. Who and, lost to Navy, who lost and to And a a lead over TCU in which you crumbled in the most important part of the 28 game. 28 to 10 lead yeah. in that game. And you
1: got beat you got outplayed at home by you and here's the thing two of their three losses guys were at home just like Notre Dames. Right? Yeah. So they're no longer Giving teams credit for wins at this point in time. Are you going to tell me they're giving them credit for the Baylor and Oklahoma State wins? Uh, okay, then I want credit for the BYU win because BYU beat Baylor. You know what I mean? If we're not going to care about the records and we're just going to look at whatever you know arbitrary thing, then there's nothing about their resume that that tells me that they're that this that they're putting emphasis on wins. Nothing about their resume. So I'll, I'll be honest, guys. I'm I'm as perplexed by the rankings as I've ever been. I just don't see how. With USC beating UCLA this weekend, I really don't see how you can justify – on the road, by the way, mm-hmm. I don't see how you can justify with their only loss being a one-point road loss to number 14. I don't see how you can justify having them. And they've also got a win – oh, I forgot. USC has two ranked wins now because Oregon State's back in there. So Oregon State's what, 14, uh, 22, 20, uh, 21? Yeah. So you've now got two top twenty-five wins for USC, and their only loss being a one-point, a one-point one road loss to number fourteen. So you're having, a, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that that USC's resume, when you consider fewer losses, isn't better than what LSU's is. Because if LSU doesn't lose to Florida State, Florida State's not ranked, right? I mean, that's the kind of thing. It's like, well, you know, they they beat a ranked Florida State. Well, they lost to, a, I mean, they lost to a ranked Florida State team. Florida State, if USC would have had a close loss to, let's say, uh, you know, Washington State, Washington State's probably ranked, Yeah. you know, because they're sitting there at seven and four. They'd be eight and three at that point in time. They'd be winners of three in a row, just beat Arizona, who beat UCLA. You know, beats. they have a four-point loss to Utah. They would have beat USC. They'd be sitting there with a three-point loss to Oregon State. They'd have had a loss to uh, Oregon, a three-point loss to Oregon, a loss to Oregon State, and a four-point loss to Utah. Well, now all of a sudden, their resume is looking better than Kansas State's at that point in time, but but they didn't. They lost. I mean, th- that's the thing is Florida State beat LSU. So I'm real puzzled by some of this stuff. I'm very puzzled by this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't understand why. We usually have good fans from other teams that come in here and actually talk some sense, but then then oh, yeah. there's that.
3: I, I was gonna, I was gonna block him as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, that's the thing for me. And we're center, ju- we're center defending his team's ranking, but he still wants to act like a, you know, a child. Clown, clown. So yeah. uh, he can go clown somewhere <laughs> else. Uh, anyway, these, yeah, I, I, guys, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm frustrated. I've always kind of felt like for the most part the committee got stuff right, but I'm, I'm not loving what I'm seeing from the committee tonight. I'm really not. I'm really not. I, I just – a lot of this – it's it's a lot of contradiction, guys. Yeah. yeah. Right? But the one common theme that I think we're seeing, though, is they're putting more value in good losses than good wins.
3: Yeah, like, good losses and past resumes, right? Right. <laughs>
1: that's, that's Here's the thing, and,
3: and recency bias. Why is Alabama ranked ahead of Tennessee? Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, that's a good point. Who's got, got better wins? That,
2: yeah. Who's got better
3: not- wins, Alabama or Tennessee? You're not wrong you're not wrong so how, the only thing
1: the two things you're not supposed to do in the committee based on their their charter is it's about wins are supposed to count more than losses mm-hmm. and it's not supposed to be about what you've done recently it's about the whole body of work and if you look at the whole body of work, Tennessee flat out has a better body of work than Alabama right now mm-hmm. flat out And if you're going to talk about the playoff Ryan then I would say take Kendon Hooker into consideration. But right. getting ready for them yeah. to go play Vanderbilt, I don't think it should matter where they're ranked based on where Hendon Hooker what happened to Hendon Hooker. That's fair. That's fair. So, you know, so you're talking about Alabama, here's the two things working for Ten Same record, they beat Alabama head to head and they destroyed LSU who beat a, at LSU who beat Alabama at LSU, who's,
3: who's number 5 in the ranking.
1: Yeah, right. Like so so not only did they win the head to head but they have a win over a common opponent that one team lost to and the other team won by 27 on the same exact field. They both played at LSU. Tennessee destroyed LSU. Alabama lost. Mm-hmm. Like it 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 doesn't it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Now how you can justify that. Right? It does, it's it's a it's a it doesn't make any sense
2: to me. I'll say this. One I think the performance of Wake Forest this season is hurting Clemson because I think people expected Wake Forest to and and to an extent North Carolina State the teams that were supposed to be at the top that were ranked early in the season if mm-hmm. they had stayed true to form Clemson would probably get a little bit more credit for the ACC when you have teams that weren't expected to come up and be like. People didn't expect North Carolina to be this good. So the respect is not going to be the same as if it was Wake Forest, who you expected to be a top 15 team. Sure. And they're still holding fast to that. So the ACC is seen as it was preseason. Whereas now I really think the CFBP committee is looking and saying, well, it's a weaker ACC conference than we thought going into the season, which which is not – which is nonsense. Yeah.
1: It's nonsense because if if Florida State's better and Wake Forest mm-hmm. is worse, then it's it's not worse. It evens right? out. Yeah, N- right. NC State has been replaced by Louisville. Clemson yeah.
3: beat Louisville two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. But Convincingly. I'm, I'm I, didn't yeah, I didn't even see
3: Louisville was at right. 25. That's wild. I didn't even see that. Wow. So I'm, you I'm just beat that team
1: league. 31-16 two weeks ago, and it I was agree. 31-10 until Louisville scored at the very end of the game. Yeah. So – you know, so you're like not you, Sean. You're contradicting yourself with that. Not you, the committee. Yeah. In in saying, well, you know, wait, if that if that were true, it would it would be a contradiction because yes, Florida State's nobody thought Florida State was going to be this good, right? And yeah. and Louisville's jumped in, right, with with their success. Louisville, who also I believe owns a win over
2: UCF. Well, right. Based upon that, wouldn't yes. most people say? Most people would say the SEC is not as strong. Correct. It's not. What? Why? Because Bama is where they are, right? The was-
1: whole SEC West sucks, or relative to what it used to. No, Your two so best teams both have two losses, Sean, yes. and everything else in, in the West stinks. Yes. yes, like after one and two, the SEC West isn't a whole lot different than the Big Ten West. Yeah. After the top two, I mean, but it's if, garbage. If
2: Bama Ole Miss has beaten no
1: one this year. No
2: one. If right? Bama is that team, you expected the outlook would probably be different to a lot of people because they will view it as, oh, the SEC is still as strong as ever. Why? Because they're going based upon preseason perception. And when things are kind of flipped on their head, people don't have the context to take a step back and intelligently look at things the way we're conveying right now. They they just don't. They just perceive it as this conference isn't, Obviously, isn't as strong, but, and as that's a,
1: exactly what they're doing, Sean. That's why the yeah. ACC, and and I've had people that I know and respect have said that. Well, Clemson's wins aren't as good as Michigan's wins, based on what? It's my well, based on my pre my preconceived notion of what the Big Ten was coming into the season. Yeah, you talk about a conference that's not as good as people thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's the yeah. Big Ten. Yes, you know, Michigan State was supposed to be good. They're awful. Awesome. Right? Wisconsin was supposed to be back. They're awful. Iowa stinks. Minnesota hey, was Iowa's going to be in the
3: Big Ten championship game. Which sir. says
1: a lot about how it bad the Big Ten
3: is. About that West. It <laughs> says a lot about that West.
1: So, you know, I mean, they lost at Iowa State. Here's the thing. The team that right now has a really good chance to win the West lost to Iowa State. Iowa State is the worst team in the Big 12. The worst team in the Big 12 this year. Mm-hmm. And I think you could even say it's not even close, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, they're 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 below West Virginia. They're below Kansas, despite Kansas not having their quarterback. I mean, they're one and seven in the Big Twelve. They're four and seven this year. They beat Iowa. That's who? Right, that's now Iowa is tight for first in the Big Ten West. Yeah, Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State well, beat wasn't, Iowa.
3: Wasn't that the, wasn't that like ten to seven? Right, like that was yeah. an ugly football game. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's ten to seven. Makes it even worse. So yeah, th- these are some really bad rankings. I can only imagine the spin job that these guys are having to put out right now in these rankings. I would not I oh, do not okay. envy them.
2: Their their producers keep prepare them well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> their producers yeah. prepare them well with things they need yeah. to say. Right. I promise you that
1: right. Somebody just said uh late season losses are punished more than early season losses. Right, but that doesn't really That doesn't really fit a whole lot because if you're going to look at like what they've done recently, again, I'm going to point to that Clemson has a convincing win over a team you just put into your top 25. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, so I don't like Scott Satterfield very much, but I'm now definitely rooting for Louisville to beat Kentucky this weekend for sure.
2: Clemson's going to everybody in the ACC this weekend
1: to win games. Yeah, like just Georgia Tech. Just give Georgia a game. Just let Georgia sleepwalk through this game. Beat them. Those you know, let Georgia win, but you know, have it be like the Kentucky game or the Missouri Mm -hmm. game or something like that. You know what I mean? And then Clemson's got to handle their business against South Carolina too. That's the other thing is if they go out there and smash South Carolina because Dabo's going to be pissed. You know Dabo is going to be pissed about the rankings this week. He's going to have a lot to say about that. He nobody nobody plays the disrespect card better than Dabo. uh, Dabo. Nobody, and there's not even a close second. I mean, nobody uses the disrespect the the Roy Bus guy. Nobody uses that better than Dabo. And the fact that it's Alabama right in front of him, I mean, (laughs) he's going to have some. I feel I kind of feel a little bit bad for South Carolina. Because I have a feeling you're gonna get a vintage Clemson defensive performance this weekend. I really do. I really there's
2: no there's absolutely no reason for Clemson at worst to be ranked seven.
1: No, there's no justification. and Sean, you're usually an Alabama defender, and that's that's the thing is you're usually an Alabama defender, but you can't look at the two resumes and justify it. No, you can't. No, you can't. Now, here's a question, guys. If Notre Dame beats USC, again, we're just talking hypothetical scenarios. If Notre Dame beats USC this weekend, how much or does it help Clemson? And my 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 question is this, is does the perception of Notre Dame change if they then also beat USC?
3: I mean, yeah, to a degree, yes. Yeah, I think it helps. I mean, USC is what, sitting at six, right? So, I mean, right. they're a... That's a legitimate victory for Notre Dame if they're able to knock him off. So that give makes them two snap. in a month. Yeah. And, and even yeah. though I, I guess the counterpoint would be yes, Notre Dame's better, but also Clemson got smacked by Notre Dame, right? Like it wasn't a quality loss if you look
2: no. at it that way, well, right?
3: No. Quality of opponent loss, sure.
1: Right. But my, my point is because you can't say it's quality loss because then I got to go point to the LSU Tennessee game. Right, you 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 can't tell me Clemson should be da- dropped down because of how bad they lost to Notre Dame when LSU got curb stomped by Tennessee. Far more, it was far more of a beat down than what Clemson had to deal with. I mean, it was fourteen nothing in the third quarter, fellas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of that Notre Dame Clemson game. Yep. And they also again, like to me, Clemson should be five if we're going to look at resume compared to the other teams. And, and hear me out. So. If you're going to say bad loss, let's compare LSU and Clemson. Bad Mm -hmm. losses. Okay. LSU has a bad loss, 27 point loss at home, at home to number 10, Tennessee. Clemson has a 21 point road loss to number 15, Notre Dame, right? Somewhat similar. What's the only other data point that we can compare between these two teams? Common opponent. Uh Yeah. Florida State beat LSU and led the whole game. Yeah, Clemson beat LSU and at one point, or beat Cle- uh, Florida State at one point. In time was up. Like what was it, around like thirty-one to fourteen.
2: Yeah,
1: late in the game, Cle- Florida State scored late. So, and again, Clemson has another win. So Clemson now beat number sixteen, who LSU lost to, and Clemson also beat number twenty-five, Florida State. LSU is two and two against top twenty-five teams. Clemson's two and one against top twenty-five teams. So again. What's the justification for having LSU ahead? Because you can't, right, to your point, like you can use the bad loss thing as an argument for Bama to be ahead of Clemson. You can't use it for LSU. You can't. Because they have, in my opinion, the worst loss of any of the top 25 teams when you look at how much they were dominated. Like Notre Dame needed a pump block and a pick six to do what they did to, to, to to Clemson, right? Bama just, I mean... LSU just got worked from start to finish in that game.
2: So, again, how do you justify it? Basically, what you're saying is Tennessee should be ranked higher than LSU. Like, please explain to me how LSU is a better team than Tennessee. I don't care how they lost to South Carolina. Recency bias. That's it. We came to your stadium and spanked you. Just as bad as South Carolina spanked it wasn't, it wasn't even close. Right. And the team you beat, barely, we beat. Right. right. So. Right. Right. This is why they, they're picking and choosing when they want to use certain things. Yes. To differentiate. And yeah. look, that's.
1: Yep. And that's where I have an issue, Sean, is when you start, when you start applying criteria inconsistently. Mm -hmm. you know, you want to feel that way about a thing. You want to have a certain feeling about something. That's cool. Have that certain feeling, but be consistent with it. That's the key. And and to me, to your point. So like, if you, let's look at LSU again, what LSU's best wins are what, let me pull it up here real quick. They beat number uh, seven, Alabama. Okay. At home. So did Tennessee. Okay. What is their next best win? What's LSU's next best win, Sean?
2: Uh, would it be the Mississippi State win? Ole Miss at number 20? Ole Miss, yeah, the Ole Miss at Number probably, 20? Yeah. Well, Ole
1: Miss was ranked like top 10 at the time. Yeah, but it's a, it, it should be about like where they are now. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're going to do that, then you can point to where, where Wake Forest was when Clemson played them. I agree. Right? So uh, – and then Notre Dame should have another big win because they beat number 16 BYU and number yeah. 16 Syracuse. And Clemson beat – uh, number 10, Syracuse? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, again, uh, so LSU has a win over number 7 and number 20. Tennessee has a win over number 5 and number 7. And the win over number 5 was by 27. So, and it was that team that we're debating. <laughs> so, again, why is Tennessee – Like, it's other than they just lost this Saturday and LSU didn't. That's the only justification you can use to. And the reason I'm saying this matters is because the committee has said your entire body of work matters, right? That's what they say. Your entire body of work matters. Well, no, they're not. They're telling us right now what matters is how you're playing in the last two weeks.
2: Uh, you You know what just jumped in my mind? And just being fair. The committee can look at Tennessee and the Hendon Hooker thing, I think, as Ryan pointed out, definitely mm-hmm. plays a part. Like sure. Okay, you don't have your quarterback anymore. Both of their losses have been pretty dominant losses. Who's that? Tennessee. Sure. George Georgia. No, we're
1: back to arguing your resume based on your losses, not your wins. Exactly.
2: Right. Exactly. Which I don't have a problem with if you're applying if you're applying it fairly.
1: Right. Or if it's a everything else is equal yeah, and that's the difference. Yeah, I don't have But everything a else isn't equal. That. Right. Yeah, I
2: don't have a so like,
1: that. Sean, I would say this, if you're going to compare, let's say Clemson to USC, I think Clemson's a better team than USC, my opinion. I think if they played, I think Clemson probably wins because I don't think USC would be able to protect their quarterback against Clemson. That's my, it's my opinion, right? You guys may have, but that's my, that's my thing. Right so if you wanted to say okay I think Clemson's better i test wise but but here's the thing they both have similar resumes win wise right yeah. cuz USC if i USC has two wins over top 25 teams right guys they beat Oregon state and they beat number 18 UCLA so yep. comparable wins to what Clemson has Clemson has wins over number 16 and number 25 you could actually argue USC is just slightly better
2: yep.
1: right Uh, when you put the two together, and then they have the same record, what's the difference? Okay, uh, USC lost to number 14 on the road by a point. Clemson lost on the road to number 15 by 21. That can be a tiebreaker for me and say, okay, USC deserves to be ahead of them, even though the eye test tells me I think Clemson's better, right? Resumes are overall comparable. That's when I'm okay applying who had the worst loss or better loss. Right, But when you're talking about a team with a better record and better wins, being behind a team with two losses because that team's losses were better, that's a horrible way to justify it, in my view. Especially when one of those bad losses was to number one.
2: Yeah. You know? And and as, as people might not want to hear this. This, if it goes haywire... When they do meet in the all season, this will push the clock on expansion. That's my they, final question upset Sean, about the way this goes is down. Is that why it pushes the 12 team up further than probably they? Expected. I'm, I'm bringing okay, out my Sean, I'm bringing out my conspiracy theorists now. Oh, right, <laughs> is that part is of why they're watching, doing it? We are watching the TV networks, the Big Ten at SEC, that's basically Fox and ESPN, which will start their SEC contract next year. That's that's what you're watching behind the scenes. Like, don't get it twisted. Yep. You're watching Fox and ESPN. Make and the sure. outrage, the
1: outrage mm-hmm. of the teams that they put in, two yeah. Big Tens and two SECs, the outrage causes yeah. the rest of everyone to say, well, we got to get the 12-team playoff faster. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a yeah. that's a good shot. I didn't even think about that. That's oh, because this is all driven by money. Well, What's the biggest be... money maker in their eyes? It's a twelve-team freaking playoff. Right. The only, I mean... the, there's only one reason to go to twelve teams. One, mm-hmm. it's not about expanding the playoff and giving more teams a chance to win. Because oh. there's a lot of teams that would be in it that wouldn't have a chance to win. This would be actually one of the few years where you could actually justify teams outside the top four could win it all.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. there's yeah. a little bit more parity this year, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. But. What's the best way to do that? It's to it's to it's to get people so pissed off about the bias mm-hmm. and the power two, and get the other three power five so pissed off about how you treated them right. that there's no ex, there's
2: no justification except say hey we got to fix this thing. So because you know? in the negotiations for the expansion, the problem wasn't the Big Ten, and the SEC. The problem was the other conferences. Yep. Feeling like in the negotiations that the big two wanted too much leverage, wanted right. too many guarantees, wanted a guarantee of three teams, four teams for their conference. Mm-hmm. That was the pushback. That was the delay. To the point, Jack Swarbrick didn't even go to the meetings. He didn't go. He was like, man, I'm not going. When you guys are serious, let right. me know. Right. I'm not coming. He had a good reason because he was interviewing guys to be the next head coach of mm-hmm. Notre Dame at the time. but. <laughs> I mean, look, don't get it twisted, man. You're watching, you know, everything we've been talking about that takes place on the field, but this is absolutely behind the scenes boardroom negotiations. We know what's happening. And it's playing out right before your eyes. And this is the exact thing that will get the other conferences, like you said, back to the negotiating table. Yep. Like, because they're going to be on. Fire. Yep. The ACC is going to be on fire. Like what? And if the Pac 12 also wins out,
1: if you, here's the thing if USC and Clemson both went out and neither of them get in yeah. because TCU also won out, yep. Or TCU loses and Michigan stays in. Right. Could you imagine that? If Michigan loses this weekend, TCU loses in the Big 12 title game, and they keep Michigan in the top four and then push LSU in? yeah. Sean, you're on to something, dude. I oh, gee, nice. Man, I love a good conspiracy, man. You, so, you know my political <laughs> views. You know I'm Dang. into conspiracy theories, man. You just got me in my feels right it's, there, buddy. I don't really, about no,
2: it's it. It's really not a conspiracy, though. It is literally the way
1: But that's a conspiracy. They're conspiring yeah.
2: to... Yeah.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah, from right? that
2: standpoint, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah. meant in the literal
1: sense, a conspiracy yeah. theory. Not yeah. in a you know, the Mel Gibson movie or whatever. I mean, what? like in a very literal sense, <laughs> yeah. it's a conspiracy theory because they're yeah. conspiring to to do this. Yeah. So, and then, because here's what they would say. Okay, if we had the way it should be, the top four would be Georgia, Ohio mm-hmm. State, TCU, and USC. That would be what the top four would be, right? So then you would have, I'm actually trying, I'm, because I'm, I think this is fun to do. So you'd have Michigan number five, right? As of where they are right now. I'm looking at the rankings. Michigan would be number five. LSU would be number six, right? Yeah. Bama would be number seven. Uh, you no, yeah, Clemson would be number eight because the fifth the fifth Power Five champ doesn't get extra bonus, right? No. So Clemson would be number eight.
2: That was one of the negotiating pushbacks. Like, wait a minute.
1: Right. <laughs> right. They would get in, but they wouldn't get a. They wouldn't get favorable seating if they're the eight seed. They're the eight seed. They don't get bumped up to the five seed. Let's
2: well, see. At this point in time, now think about this. At the point in time that these meetings are taking place, the Big Ten and the SEC are in there knowing we're about to take USC and UCLA. Right. Like no one else knows this, but we know Texas and Oklahoma are about to lead the Big Twelve. Like this. All of this plays into these negotiations and the mm-hmm. lack of respect for that fifth Power Five not being able yeah. to get. Because
1: here's the absurd thing, Sean. Looking at what the rankings would be if there was the if there was the current playoff system,
2: mm-hmm. you'd have
1: Georgia number one, and they would play the winner of number eight Clemson and number nine Oregon.
2: Yeah,
1: Ohio State would be number two. They would play the winner of Alabama and Tennessee, seven and ten. Yeah. Which would be, would piss a lot of people off because you're like, why is Bama getting a home game with, You know when they shouldn't be ahead of it? And this is when you could start arguing like, hey, seven to 10 matters. Like where you have yeah. Alabama matters a lot more. Uh, then TC would be number three. They'd play the winner of number six, LSU, and number 11, Penn State, which is a joke that the Big Ten would get three teams in in this format. And then number four would be USC, and they'd play the winner of number five, Michigan, and number 12, Tulane.
2: So. That's when you would have Irish fans ticked off. Like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Like, yeah. Tulane? Really? Right.
1: right. But they're going to have a group of five in there. I mean, they, yeah. they will. Yeah. And that's when you would look back and say, freaking seriously, Stanford? Really? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. it. Uh, that's a bad deal right there, man. You've got my conspiracy theory stuff rolling now, buddy. Hey, Go buddy. I've,
2: look, yeah. I've, been, I've been in these rooms in meetings, <laughs> not, not, yep. not see people, I mean, not the committee rooms and the boards, but I've been in in the rooms at my mm-hmm. job. I, I know. Yep. That's why I tell people all the time, like the people at the highest levels love Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, uh, please understand. Yep. If Notre Dame could be in the playoffs every year, they would welcome it. Yeah. Because it's a cash cow. Oh, yeah. And,
1: and Coach cash Freeman cash made a good – because you remember, Sean, I was originally against the idea of a 12-team playoff. I was like, keep it at four. It, I, It's still not my number one option. My number one option is still the proposal that I have. Play the bowl mm-hmm. games out. Go back to the old bowl system, the bowl tie-ins, play those out, and then pick your four. Because you're going to have a lot of that conference carryover. We're actually going to have teams playing each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's what I would love to see. But if you're going to not do that, I think a 12 team, the way that they talk about it is good because like you said, it does get Notre Dame in there more. And if Notre Dame is good this year, it wouldn't happen. But in other years, you know, in in 2014 or excuse me, 2018, 2020, Notre Dame sitting there with a home game in December, you know, against some SEC team or some ACC team or some PAC 12 team, you know what I mean? So because, like, if Notre Dame had – had it, if Notre Dame had beaten Stanford, let's say, I mean, Notre Dame is sitting there, in my opinion, at number 10 ahead of Tennessee. Like, I don't think there's any doubt. Right. They would have won nine in a row. They'd have yeah. all these good wins, right? Now you're talking about, okay, Notre Dame positioning themselves to get in position to have that home game. Because they'd have to get up to the eight seed to get a home game, right? So – That'll make it fun. It'll be better than than like this, in my opinion, now that I think about it, if you're not going to tie the bowl games into it, because this is just like the, the blatant push for the SEC and the Big Ten is just it's so obvious this year, Sean. It's so obvious this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I you know what? From a leverage, from a corporate leverage standpoint. I'm dude, I can't even hate i I can't even hate. I can't even play a hate. Like it's it's really a boss move. It really is a boss I'll move. I'll hate. I'll hate. <laughs> it's hate. Just something, just something, just because something I may
1: make you it. money doesn't make it right.
2: You ah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that may be
1: the reality of it. But to me, it's like just because something provides you with gratification doesn't make it right.
2: Unfortunately, yeah. They're, they're like, what can get how can we get these dudes back to the negotiating right. table?
1: True. Screw Because A- the ACC was in the Pac-12 were the two big holdups. What two sure. leagues got the screwed the most in this ranking, in my opinion? It's the Pac-12 Absolutely. and the ACC.
2: The two, the two that were pushing back during the negotiation right. because of all the guarantees that the SEC wanted. Absolutely. Right.
1: And they were right to push back. The Absolutely. SEC should
2: – no conference should get guarantees beyond their champ. Absolutely. None. And Jack Swarbrick was right for rebuffing if you're not in the conference, Notre Dame can't even be any higher than number eight. Like, right. what? So basically we have no chance to have a home game. Right. Because we, we can't be in a conference. <laughs> right. We can't get the heck out of here. Right. I'll stick that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm and I'm okay with him giving up because I was also mad early on about the fact they'd give up a chance to be a, a to get a bye. But then I was convinced by Vince that, like, no, this actually is a good thing for a lot, you know, it, it makes sense. You have to sacrifice this to, you know. Okay, hey, we're not gonna be outside of the top eight, but what we'll do is we'll promise you we won't let be you know be in the top four or whatever. Right. But that's fine. If they want to put yeah. them
2: at least they should have a shot for a home game. Like yeah. don't
1: yeah, yeah. Cause then if they if they get a playoff game in the you know that first round, well, once they go into the quarters against the top four seeds, you can't say, Well, we played more games than you. Right. Can't say that anymore. Can't say it. It's like, well, no, we just played a we just played a playoff team and won It's at ridiculous. home. But you know, thinking about this, guys. You, you know, Shauna, you haven't been to a home game uh, this se- yet this season, and Ryan, you haven't been to the last couple. I'm gonna tell you right now, mm-hmm. the way that the Notre Dame crowd, even on Saturday against Boston College in the cold snow, it's a great crowd. They were loud. Oh, they were having fun. Uh, the Clemson game was crazy. It, th- this crowd likes a good product, right? Notre Dame fans like a good product. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what we've seen is like, yeah, even though they were winning, they just weren't a fun product. And they didn't have a very likable head coach, you know. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, like the way that the crowd was against Clemson, could you imagine if that was a playoff game?
3: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Brian, I, I've heard from a couple of recruits that the Boston College game was like surprisingly like super upbeat even with the oh, weather. Oh, Brian, it was lopsided. a great
1: crowd. Well, yeah.
3: Again, but why?
1: You know what would have made that crowd really freaking pissed if they'd had to sit in twenty degree weather to watch a team slog out a thirteen to six game, yeah. Or you know, or even like the BC game a couple years ago in two thousand nineteen, where it was forty to seven, but it was like sixteen to seven at you know, it was like 13-7 at halftime, sixteen to seven in third. It was a sloppy game until they poured it on late, or like the Virginia Tech game of twenty nineteen, or like some of the ugly wins we saw them have last year. The crowd was having fun because Notre Dame came out first play of the game and went for 51. And in yeah. the first defensive series, you pick them off and then you put it right in the end zone. And the next thing you know, it's 37-0 halftime, and the crowd's having a great old time.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think
3: that I think the snow brought like a weird element to the game too, you know. Because like was... they were playing well.
2: Yes. Like true. I'm not
3: gonna be true. sitting there happy, sitting in the snow if my team's playing like garbage. That the greatest picture ever, though, was Jason Robinson's little brother Jaden Robinson that played they play out in Long Beach Poly. He had a picture of him in a Notre Dame uniform throwing man, the snow up in the snow. air. Did you see that, Sean? That
2: was it was sweet. fantastic, man. It was fantastic sweet. It was sweet. I wonder, because it is a playoff game, would there be a temptation to play it at Lucas, Lucas Oil? No.
1: Notre Dame would never give up that revenue. Mm-mm. Not just for the campus, but the community. They would gotcha. they would get they'd get crushed. Gotcha. They get crushed for and rightfully so. Like you took that potential revenue away from us. You know what I mean? Uh, Christmas time when these games begin played. Really? Yeah, they'd get crushed for that. And they wouldn't do that. But I get your point, Sean. You know what I mean? But I think that's the things. I think I think the Notre Dame coaching staff would not want a game there either. Like hold on now, we get a practice in, in this all week. Yeah, Bama doesn't. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? USC doesn't, right? It's the whole thing we've always said about USC. You know, stop being cowards and play us last game of the year at our place, just like we got to play you at the last you know game of the, you know, at your place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? So, yeah, I uh, I don't think they would do that. But that that man that that campus environment would be insane <laughs> if Notre Dame had a home playoff game. Oh, even if it was against two Tulane, because that's the only drawback, right? If Notre Dame's really good and they're the five seed, then chances are you're getting the Group of Five team in the first round. I don't think it would right. matter. No, because no. it'd be a playoff game, and they'd no. you know watch their team you're right. win. You're right, yeah. and I don't see many fans selling their tickets either. No, I had a hold on the first, the initial. Well, it would be different because they wouldn't count as um, you it wouldn't be part of your season ticket package.
2: Yeah, so yeah, like, you, you'd you'd yeah, see out a out
1: more. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'd be curious how they would do that because normally in a bowl situation, it's like teams get like a certain amount, right? Of each get a certain amount, and then the rest are kind of open. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that would go.
2: Well, if they knew the playoffs were a possibility, they probably would not get first access to season ticket holders.
1: I don't Just know. I don't. It would probably it'd be part of the negotiation. It would be part yeah. of that. You know, like how how to. Each school would probably get their own. You can kind of do it however you want. You know, get first crack to the people who pay them. You know, the, the most kind of thing, most likely. But man, that would be uh, that would be a a you know it fun to fun to cover and fun to watch. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. No doubt about it. So yeah, that's uh, that's the rankings, guys. So any any other thoughts? Any we didn't really talk a lot about some of the teams that are a little bit lower down uh, on that. Um mm-hmm. since the, the 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 race for the group of five is going to get interesting guys yeah because is UCF Are has anybody in the AAC clinched yet for the championship game I, I don't think so I don't think, so. I think
2: Houston is still alive Cincinnati is still alive is Houston
3: still alive the,
1: the only the Houston? only not
2: Houston, not Houston no Houston
1: oh. I think is are they? Um, wow. well, they're tied with UCF for the conference, right? right. Five and two.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, wow. so, well, they lost to Tulane. They didn't play Cincinnati and they didn't play UCF. So like they're, it's the weird head to head thing. Yeah. And then, uh, so they're five and two, I believe they're still in it. They would need a lot to go their way, but Cincinnati and Tulane both can, you know, both are six and one, but, they both control their own destiny from the standpoint of they both play each other this weekend, and the winner goes. Mm-hmm. So now, you, hmm, here's what I do. not I don't know what the tiebreaker would be between, like, Houston and UCF, because here's the deal. If UCF beat both Cincinnati and Tulane, mm-hmm. so my thought would be that UCF would get in. So I don't I don't know how Houston has a path now that I think about it. I don't know what Houston's path would be, and so so you'll have so the winner of the U C Cincinnati two lane game gets an automatic they're in they clinch yeah. they only have one loss and then it would come down to two lost teams two lane or Cincinnati plus UCF and Houston yeah. so I don't I don't know what the path for I don't think Houston actually now that I think about it, I don't think the path for Houston isn't because they have a worse overall record you know what it is um. I think there's a path for Houston if UCF also loses. I could that could be it. That could be it. Mm. Yeah. So I'm looking at it now. But it's um yeah. Here
3: here's that Cincinnati two lane game is gonna be really interesting game.
1: Yeah. 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 That's two very con-
3: contrasting styles, you know, yeah. very different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cincinnati's a very grinded out team this year for sure. Yes. For sure. I'll tell you what, nice bounce back by Tulane after getting smacked by UCF. They yeah, come really out well, on a short yeah. week and.
2: Yeah. Friday. Yeah.
3: They dominated,
1: they dominated. SMU, man.
2: You I like know, that quarterback,
3: man. I like Michael Pratt. He's a yeah. good quarterback. I yeah. like that.
2: You saw this Tulane team coming when they went to Oklahoma the year before. Yeah. Like when they yeah. put that scare into Oklahoma, it was like, okay, this team. Yeah. They can they can be pretty good.
0: Yeah,
1: and by the way, somebody said the winner of the two lane Cincinnati game is in the uh, New Year Six Bowl. No, they're not because they still have an AAC championship game that would have to get played, and yeah. that would impact them. Now, I don't believe the champ automatically gets that bid. It's the highest ranked in the playoff. Okay. However, with how close they're positioned, there's no way the winner doesn't get it. So, like if since I got to look at the tiebreakers because I wonder if there's any chance that there's a rematch a week later of Cincinnati and Tulane. There is a chance. There has to be a chance because Houston, Houston plays Tulsa. That's a conference game. Yeah. And then UCF, I believe also has a conference game this weekend because they have a game left and they play USF. So there's a chance you could see back-to-back games of UCF and Cincinnati. That would stink. That'd be ugly. But like, how do they handle who gets in? If like, let's say Cincinnati, because I think it's at Cincinnati. Isn't this game the first game at Cincinnati? I believe the first game's at Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it's it's at Cincinnati. So let's say Cincinnati wins at home, they would then leap Tulane. But then what happens if then Tulane gets in the championship game and then they beat Cincinnati? I think that'd be ugly. That'd be. I hope that doesn't happen. That'd be ridiculous. Because you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to think about that crazy scenario. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be fascinating to see how that all plays out. And I think this all but assures, I think where Notre Dame is ranked now, all but assures that the Cotton Bowl is not going to be an option for them. I don't think there's enough ahead of them that would allow them to get the Cotton Bowl, which I think is nuts. I, I Again, huh. I, whose, re, whose resume would you guys rather have, Penn State's or Notre Dame's? You're just looking at Notre Dame. I'd rather have no names because it's like what we said before. People ask, and I'll let you guys answer, but here's where I'm coming from. What if we always said the problem was another name? They beat all the teams you're, not, you're supposed to, but they couldn't beat anybody good. That's Penn State now. Yeah, Right? It's the thing. Would you rather No name be nine and three with losses to UC, USC, Clemson, and Ohio State, or nine and three with the losses that they had and wins over Clemson and USC and North Carolina? My thing is, I'd rather have the bad losses because at least then you can prove that you can beat the good teams, it's going to be much easier for me to figure out ways to beat Marshall and Stanford moving forward yeah. than to continue to lose those, those big games. And then Same thing we, with Penn State.
2: Yeah, you look at where those programs are as well, and that goes right with your point. I would much rather start off in my first year with bad losses but proving that I can beat top ten teams and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. build on recruiting and lay the foundation moving forward than to be going through the blase, we can beat the easy team, but we can't We can't take that next step. And that's basically James Franklin and Penn State. Like, this is who we are. I don't know if I can elevate the program to the next level. Like, mm-hmm. this is – we're stuck. This is okay. where we are. So whereas with Notre Dame fans, you might be disappointed, but you feel pretty confident. Like, okay, yep. we're going to get this lesser team right moving forward but we know that we can rise to the occasion. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Very interesting. That
2: has to be tough because I, as a Penn State administration, you have to be saying to yourself, like, we just – we can't win the game. We can't be – win the games we need to win to get to the next level. So mm-hmm. are we okay with the resurrection of the program and being able to say we're here, or do we take the chance to try and get a coach? Right, that can take us to the next. I, level? I mean, knowing we, we, we can take we a step just, back.
3: We, we just saw that, right, Sean? For a few years there, right? It's like yeah. you hit your you hit your ceiling. Yeah. Are you going to be okay with that ceiling, or do you want to mm-hmm. try to reach for the sky? Right, like yeah, that's right. kind of where it comes to so.
1: knowing that the inexperience in which you hired the new coach is going to cost you games against like Marshall and Stanford. Mm-hmm. Sure. But then the ceiling is that you can also go out there and curb stop Clemson. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say hypothetically, for the sake of argument, they then go out and beat. Um, um, you know, you go out to beat. Yeah. USC. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a decision. Because at first we thought James Franklin was. Going to go and elevate and get another job, maybe an SEC he was connected to USC for a while. You know, now he's really stuck. Like, well, J-
3: James Franklin was one of those guys, Sean. It was like him. And I know David Shaw was really successful and a good coach, of, you know, at points for sure. Mm-hmm. It's obviously going in the wrong direction, but he was always one of those guys that was connected to every open job available, Absolutely. you know? It's been like Matt Campbell over the last couple of years. There's mm-hmm. a job opening. Matt Campbell's going to be talked about for it. <laughs> I got a feeling that's not going to be true this offseason. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll still float his name out there somehow. <laughs>
1: yeah, His agent might, but no schools are. That's for darn sure, man. They've been awful this year. Just awful. He wasted such a golden opportunity with those teams he had and the hype that they had coming into last year. Yeah. Yeah. Disappointing year last year. Yeah. And they're just awful this year.
2: He must. His advice. Must it's Man, yeah. His <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, just stay where you are. Just yeah. stay here in Iowa.
3: It's really bad too because it's just Iowa State's offense is just so bad this year, yeah. and their defense is actually good still. They they still a good defense, but it's just yeah, they're just. Who would have thought yeah. that losing Brock Purdy and Brees Hall would make you bad all of a sudden? Yeah, but I mean, they, they they shouldn't
1: about. to a to a strong to a program that has a strong foundation. Yeah. meaning that should make you this bad, mm-hmm. right? Like the problem for me, Ryan, was that they struggled with Brock Purdy and Brees Hall in that yeah. last year.
2: That, talent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: that was the bigger thing for me was the not, not that they, you know, took a step back this year. Like, I mean, honestly, and the other thing too is like you look at their schedule and it, it wasn't, it wasn't super helpful, you know, played at Texas, at Oklahoma state, you know, they got to play at TCU, at Kansas, They've lost a lot of close games, seven points to Baylor, three points to Kansas, one point to K-State, three points to Texas, six points to Oklahoma State, and four points to Texas Tech. The only game they lost convincingly was at Oklahoma by 14. You know, yeah. So they're like, this year's Nebraska. You know, But the problem is, and they beat West Virginia by 17, I'd be willing to bet – I'm going to look that up right now. I'm, I'd be willing to bet they – yes, they have outscored. They're four and seven. They've outscored their opposition this year by 47 points. Because all their losses have been really close, but their wins were by 32, 33, and 17, which is always nuts when you look at it. But my point was, Ryan, like to me, it's it's you know, you you went seven and six last year with all that NFL talent. You were nine and three the year before. That was the problem for me. Is yeah. that big step back they took, which makes me then ask, okay, when you look at Matt Campbell for the entirety of his career, so I think a lot of people need to be asking this question about their coaches. When you look at the the the, the Matt Campbell for the entirety of his career, that Fiesta Bowl season is the anomaly. And what was unique about that season was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And you know, people are gonna start looking at like uh, we're just chalking that out, good or bad. We're chalking that one out. Like we're not even going there because there were so many things about it. if you were in this state, it was much harder. This state had certain regulations for how to handle COVID. This state had certain regulations for how to handle COVID. This school had this rule. This, this school, you know, this team played out of conference. This team, this conference didn't, you know, all the, you know, people are going to start chalking that up and say he's the eight and five, seven and six guy with the occasional four and six, three and nine, four and seven, three and nine, more so than he is the nine and three guy who finished number nine. Cause you know what he's done every other year going back to his first year, 2016, finished unranked. Yeah. 2020 is the only year he's finished ranked in, in seven years now. You know? And so then, when, when the only good thing on your resume is the COVID year, like that's the thing that worked for Mel Tucker, is at least his good year was a non COVID year. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can't chalk it up. And then, like Harbaugh's bad year was the COVID year. So you can look back and say,
3: you COVID know, year. yeah. Right. And
1: you look at what the president was during that thing. They were fighting the football team. They didn't want to play. And all, you know, the school president was doing all this stuff to hurt the program and all. It was a mess and chalked that up as the anomaly because look what they've done since. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to start seeing that yeah. in the
3: opposite direction too. those teams that were good during the COVID year. You're sort of saying we're not. You know, you, you know how we always talk about that. You know, Trevor Lawrence was obviously a generational talent and he hit a lot of the issues that Clemson had as a yeah. team. I feel the same way about what Brees Hall did for that mm-hmm. Iowa State team a little bit, you know? Like, it wasn't Purdy. Purdy was a good football player, a good college quarterback. Brees Hall was a generational player to come to Iowa State. Like, they're not going to yeah. get guys like that every every few years, you know what I mean? Like, that was just the guy where even with a bad offensive line and off a of passing game that was lackluster most of the time – he still put up his numbers, and he still kept you in football games like that. Uh, Brees Hall was yeah. just a generational well, kid for me.
2: You know what? For me, Matt Campbell was this rising star, and I was really excited. I remember waiting for that Camping World Bowl game and saying to myself, okay, I'm really interested in seeing you know, how Notre Dame handles this up-and-coming uh, Iowa State program. And then when Notre Dame just dumped them, I was like, oh hmm okay the air went out of that balloon a little bit <laughs> like, all right because you know I, i'm always interested in seeing for me when you have a a program that's elevating itself those are the games where they really kind of show them show themselves as being a standard or setting the standard moving forward right i thought if they had played notre dame a little bit better or maybe pull the upset, probably would have gone a long way to kind of elevating the confidence in that program. When they got thumped, I don't think it was a step back, but I think it was kind of a leveling off. Yeah. Like, okay, this is where we are, you know? And I think you can look at what what Boise State did. They were able to get those big wins to elevate the program, right? you're smaller program on the rise you have to get those big ones like, people say bowl games don't matter they do mm-hmm. especially for programs like that right like, they matter right. <laughs> so you know the practice they matter.
1: certainly mattered for Notre Dame in 2014 mm-hmm. beating LSU they, I think they had a big role in 2017 of changing the feeling of that season by beating LSU late uh, yes. They do. Sean, I'm going to say something else too, right? So you, you, Ryan, one of the, there's advantages to being young. He's probably not in as much pain all the time as we are. Um, But one of the disadvantages is you just haven't lived life as long. And so Brees Hall was, is, is a generational player. Cause I think generations If every 15, 20 years, you're a generational player, right? But still not the best running back I've ever seen in college at Iowa State. Troy Davis. Was an absolute dude at Iowa State in the mid '90s. Now again, like, that's generational. that's yeah. Like to yeah. me, if you go yeah. 15 years without seeing something, that's generational, right? Yeah. To to oh, yeah. me, you know. Oh, yeah. But Troy De- and Troy Davis did that on really bad, bad teams. <laughs> teams where, like, he was all they had, and he still had back to back 2,000 yard seasons. I mean, they were
2: awful. He was. They were man. They were beyond awful. Yeah, they were bad.
1: They went three and eight and two and nine in the two years that he and they went one and oh, they went two so and thirteen man. in the league in the two years he went for over two thousand yards. What's like, <laughs> a dude?
2: Go watch <laughs> all twenty-two of that, Ryan. Yeah. Go watch <laughs> all twenty-two of have, those. I was do, you have, do you have access to that? Do you have some yeah. great,
3: uh, VCR tapes that I yeah. can borrow? Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Somebody yeah. has. Something well, right. if
1: you want to know, it looked a lot yeah. like
3: Notre Dame versus Clemson.
1: That's what it looked a lot like. But there was only one <laughs> running back that got the ball. That was it. You know, it was, he was a dude, man. He was a stud. He was a stud. And I'm looking at it here. Like, uh, yeah, they were, they were bad. Do you know that I just saw this, do you know the all-time record for, uh, f- this is kind of crazy. Cause I was looking at the stat leaders, the all-time record for uh, receiving. Oh, that's passing. I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's kind of crazy. Um, the, yeah. the, no, it's passing. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah, but Brock per- – Seneca Wallace, so I'm looking at some of these – the all-time record, Austin Arnott is the guy who has the all-time record for single passing yards in a game at, at uh, Iowa State. It's
3: Austin Arnott. Arnott.
1: Yeah. Arnott? Wow, I have heard so, that game in a long time. <laughs> here's, the, here's what I like about Brees Hall, though, Ryan. I will say this. Brees Hall finished yep. second in his career in yards. Mm-hmm. 3,900 yards in three years at Iowa State. Never had mo- never got to 1,600 yards in the season, so it was just consistently really good. And the other thing, too, is I'm looking at the top 10 all-time games in rushing yards at Iowa State, and he's only in there once, tied for ninth. It was That's just that crazy. consistency, you know? Yeah. Troy Davis is first, second, and third. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, he had 378 versus Missouri, 302 against UNLV, and 291 against Ohio. So he was <laughs> a dude. He was a dude. All right, Ryan. So you got anything else you want to chat about tonight there,
3: Mr. Roberts? Now that we, nah, uh, man, it's it's been a wild day, man. I think I'm alright. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No wild, doubt. wild day. No I'm doubt. disappointed with the Notre Dame ranking. Leave it at that for but there's now. There's
1: nothing, uh,
3: nothing about
1: today that is going to dampen my spirits from a Notre Dame standpoint. Yes, yes. The so. future
3: is very bright. There's no yes, doubt about that. Yes.
1: No doubt about that. Yes. Yep, and uh, as the art, I wrote an article kind of after the show earlier today. Basically, you know, in the look, quarterback room was a big question mark for a long time at Notre Dame. I mean, really, it was. And where would the where would the future go be, and all those other type of things? But uh, in a very short period of time, a, a span of little less than six months, that that has changed. Yes, and all of a sudden, you are feeling a lot better about the direction of the Notre Dame program now that now that you've got Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr back to back to back. So I
3: doubt about it, I Doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. I think, um, I think there were a couple of super chats yep. earlier, Brian, we'll get I to those. Wanna... Yep. got all those just making we'll sure we will get to
1: those. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you didn't have any other playoff stuff. We had two just real quick Got a super sticker from Milton fan. Thank you very yep. much. And then go Falcons go said thoughts on predicted to go to the Gator bowl. So, um, I, I, I think that's a, I, I had someone email me today saying that that's an option, but there's some other options down there mm-hmm. uh, with them. And uh, you know, I think it's it's right now. From what I understand, is the you're looking at the best options for Notre Dame are Gator Bowl, Cheez It Bowl, and the what's the one in? I'm trying to think, of, there was another one. I can't remember. It was, an, it was one of the Florida bowls. But and then there's a lot of people projecting them into the Holiday Bowl. I don't think that's as strong of an option as some people are are, are saying, based on some conversations I've had with a few different people. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, all decent bowl games. You know, all decent bowl games, and uh, it to me, it's more about if you don't get into the it's either New Year's six, and I don't care who the opponent is, Mm -hmm. or give me a better opponent. You know, that's going to be the thing for me. Like people said, like Mississippi State, I don't want to play Mississippi State. Like to me, that's as like that's every much as 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 every bit as a lose lose as Tulane and UCF and Cincinnati to me. Mm -hmm. Like you get nothing out of beating Mississippi State or beating SEC team. Yeah, it's not even a good SEC team. It's what they'll say, right? Right. Whereas at least if you play two laner Cincinnati and the Cotton Bowl, you can at least say, Hey, we, we won a major pole game. Right? That's true. I mean, That's true. You know, yeah. so yeah. So like the years that they played LSU, LSU was decent in 2017. They were not very good in 2014, but it's still LSU. Right. right. It's it's Big it's different than playing and, Kentucky yeah. or Mississippi State <laughs> or something like that. That just doesn't that just doesn't yeah.
3: That just doesn't do it for me. It
1: just doesn't do it for me.
3: I get that because even when LSU is down from a win loss perspective, they still have a lot of talent, right? And they have the brand. So, right. you know, that there's going to be yeah. some appeal to it. Well, it's least. like I'd rather play Florida than Mississippi State, even though
1: I think Mississippi State's a better team than Florida. Because at that point in time, it's not about did you play a better team? It's did you play a brand that allows you to, you know, say something, you know, to do yeah. something, to have some kind of, hey, we did this. You know, they, when they beat LSU in 2014, that was a team that finished eight and five. It was an LSU team that finished eight and five. But mm-hmm. it was still LSU. It still had Leonard Fournette and you know you can name all these NFL exactly. players on it, right? And, Someone just yeah. said
3: they wanted Penn State. Nah, I don't want to yeah. third in play Penn State. I'm good. I'm good on that. Why? I'm I'm not I'm not arguing. I'm just curious as to We just just talked about them, man. I know they have some brand appeal, but it's, I mean, are they a super relevant team right now, right? Like they're beating up on bad football teams and they are kind of where Notre Dame has been, you know, where they can't beat the upper echelon teams. I'd rather see a team that has won some forms of big games over the last couple of years. So at least you can, again, have that feeling of you're going in the right direction. You're getting there. You're almost there. You're You're getting close. I get that, but I, I kind of like I, I view Penn State as kind of like how
1: I feel about playing Florida. I mm-hmm. Florida hasn't been good in a few years. It's been a little bit since they've been good, mm-hmm. but it's a brand name. It's a it's a it's a good program. When I look at Penn State, I mean, that's a team that finished sixth in the country last year in recruiting, and they're you know pushing to trying to push to get a top ten class again this year. It's still brand power, uh, and and so, but to me, it'd be Penn State over who would be my question. Mm-hmm. Is my alternative Penn State or Florida or Penn State or LSU or Penn State or Florida State or Penn State or something like that? Then I'd rather play that other team. If it's yeah. Penn State or Mississippi State or Penn State or Kentucky, I'd rather that's play fair. Penn State, right? So that's fair. that would be yeah. my thing, Ryan, is just, well, who's the other Right, it, it, who, who's the other now? If it's Penn State the in, alternative, a, right? in the Gasparilla Bowl, I'm just making a game up, right? <laughs> yeah, or or Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Give me the big game. Give me the Cotton Bowl. I, you know, it's because at that point in time, it's not about the opponent. The dream world, the dream scenario for me is still the Cotton Bowl against Tulane. I mean, excuse me, against Cincinnati is still the mm. dream scenario for me. I I think that would be such a, a it would be as perfect of an ending to Marcus Freeman's first year that doesn't include a championship. So right. the, per- the the perfect of all perfectness is you get to the playoff and you beat LSU and or you beat Cincinnati in the semifinal, and beat LSU in the championship, right? Can we that's the 13 and 0 or 14 and 0 dream scenario for Marcus Freeman. Right, okay. Outside of that, with the losses they had this year, the dream finish of the season for me is is Playing Cincinnati and beating Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. And what I'm, what, what reason I say that is the only way you get there is by beating USC. So you're going to beat two top 10 teams, number five and number six in the same year. You're going to mm-hmm. end up beating another top 25 team in North Carolina, which means you're going to have as many wins over top 25 teams this year in the regular season as Brian Kelly had like the last four years combined. Yeah. Right. And then you're also looking at a chance to get your fourth top 25 win in the bowl game against your old boss who a lot of Notre Dame fans, not a lot, but like where it's the majority, but a lot in that it's a loud enough group to to you hear them that right. thought Luke Fickle should have got the job over Marcus Freeman. So mm-hmm. you get the big wins, you, you, you scrunch your eyes, and I agree with you, but that's what a lot of people oh, no, I was, You and I, I was, feel the I same way. I was scrunching
3: my it. eyes to the chat. Yeah, to you. okay, gotcha. About, no, no, yeah. not to
1: me. It's just like the thought of Luke Fickle. Uh, yes. That's what I thought you were making that out. Like, but that's what a lot of people felt. Um. And I have the same reaction you do. Like, really, Luke, Luke, you know, Luke, Luke Fickle? Yeah, Zach Martin nailed it. It's a loud minority, yeah, that thought Luke Fickle should have got the job. So you you beat a top five team, you beat your arch rival in a year where they're really good, knock them out of the playoff potentially. You go to a New Year Six Bowl and beat your former boss who curb stomped you the year before when you were under Kelly. Yeah. Like, h- how do you? How do you? And they'd be eleven and two, ranked in the top twenty. I mean, that, I don't know if you could call up a better ending that doesn't involve the postseason other than maybe playing LSU and beating LSU. That's true. But I think they're going to get a crack at LSU at some point in time. I think this year the Cincinnati scenario would be better for me because it would also be a major bowl game. It would be Cotton Bowl.
3: And the storyline would be a bit crazy. And you I and you mean, have the Cincinnati loss from last year, right? So there's exactly. all that. Yeah, Exactly. That, right, feel that, right. Feel that. they Fickle smacked Kelly last year, and then you get, re- bet, you
1: get your chance for – revenge this year. And then no one's talking about, gee, should, should Fickle have gotten the job over, over Morris. Right. 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 Yep. So that's where that would be the dream. That would be the dream for me in, in, in of the non championship scenarios. Right. So the, the ultimate dream is like everyone loses to the point where, so LSU loses. So what, what would be, what would have to happen for Notre Dame to get in the playoff? Just hypothetically speaking, right. There actually is a pathway to that. It's just not going to happen. Right? Yeah. So he, here's what it would be. Right? So uh Utah loses... Who do they play this weekend? Like Colorado? Something, something. like that? Yeah. Right? It's like yeah. not good. They play at Colorado. Right? So Utah... Colorado upsets... Well, actually, I don't even think Utah's to lose because if Notre Dame beats USC, they'll get in. So Washington would have to lose to Washington State. Kansas State would have to lose to either Kansas or to TCU. Penn State loses this weekend to who whoever they play was it like michigan state right i think it's who mm-hmm. it is um uh, mm-hmm. yeah they play oh no that's uh let's see here penn state plays michigan state uh tennessee would have to lose to vanderbilt Ooh. oregon would have to lose to oregon state alabama would have to lose to auburn notre dame would take care of tcu lsu loses to texas a&m and loses next week to georgia <laughs> and uh south carolina Smacks Clemson, who then loses to North Carolina. Sure. Cause then sure. you'd get Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. No, not even then. Because and then okay, so then TCU would have to lose this weekend to Baylor. Bay- Baylor, right? Yeah. Baylor. Yeah. Isn't that who they play? So TCU would have to lose no, to they Baylor. Just, TCU Iowa, would just no, played no. Baylor. Yeah, they just Iowa State. Baylor. They'd have yep. to get curb stomped by Iowa State this weekend. <laughs> And then get beat by T- so so Kansas State would have to lose to Kansas and then curb stomp TCU. The next- I mean it's just so insane and, and far fetched. So again, outside of that insanity, I think the Cincinnati in the in the in the um, Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl is the ideal scenario right yeah. like it's yeah. like so well, Va- Va- like,
3: Van- vanderbilt's on a little bit of a hot streak so they might hold their end of the bar.
1: Barkley's hey, done a great job with that team this year he
3: really has because they were bad last year they were yes. awful last year awful and awful then their left tackle leaves for bama you know yes so austin steiner yeah steen, tyler tyler, is. I tyler I steen yeah. yeah tyler steen so yeah it would
1: uh and somebody just says, you're saying we have a chance. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. Well, you are say so, we have a chance. It's not a realistic chance. I'm saying there's an insanely unrealistic chance that they get in, right? Like, you yeah. know, I mean, it's just, no, it's not happening. But then they'd have to beat USC by like 50. You know, like they have like a 59 nothing Ohio State, Wisconsin from 2014 type of game. You know what I mean? And then everything else goes nuts. All right? Um, but I don't see that happening. Uh, so anyway, the point was the ideal is not that it's, yes. it's to play, uh, Cincinnati in the cotton bowl. That's the dream scenario. That's what, if that, if that were to happen, Ryan, last thing I'll say, mm-hmm. that would be the thing that would make me believe that the tide is starting to turn from Notre Dame, just from a luck standpoint, just from a You're catching some break standpoint, because to be a great program, I think you got to catch some breaks. I mean, does Alabama's dynasty go on the run they did? If Terrence Cody doesn't block like three kicks against Tennessee in 2009, and Colt McCoy game. then Luke gets gets hurt in that game, yeah, you, I mean you could go to all these type of things and and look at those scenarios. And say, does this happen if you know? I mean, there's th- those are all type. I mean, what was the year? Um, you know, LSU. Les Miles gets his title
3: in a year mm-hmm. where if if Dennis Dixon doesn't get hurt. LSU's never even in it. Oh man, that Oregon team was rolling with Dennis Dixon. Mm-hmm. Man, they're rolling with them. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, there's all those type of things where it's like you got to catch you got to catch a little bit of a break here. You know, yeah. um, my, Mike D'Antonio, Mark D'Antonio built his legacy on the around the time when Ohio State took a step back. You know, mm-hmm. late Trestle era with all that, and then the fickle era. But then Michigan was really down. He took – and Penn State was down because of all the sanctions. So he took advantage. You always got to have a little bit of help and a little bit of breaks, catch a little bit of breaks. Yep. And uh, Notre Dame just seems to never catch those or never makes those. They never make their own breaks. And that would be one of those things that kind of makes me feel like, you know what, maybe maybe things are. Maybe fate is starting to intervene <laughs> on behalf of the old fighting Irish. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway – uh, that those were the only two Super Chats we had, Ryan. So we are mm. we're ready to rock and roll. So I want to thank everybody for being with us tonight. We'll be back in action tomorrow at 1 o'clock for a USC Notre Dame breakdown. And then by then, we will have decided what our schedule will be for the rest of the day, <laughs> whether we're going to do three shows or try to put two into one. We'll figure that out uh, since the, t- the Kenny Minchie show went a little long. But you know what, Ryan? We were just having such a great time talking about picking up Kenny Minchie and All that kind of stuff. It just, yeah, it just kind of, it kind of went that way. I was like, no, there's no way I'm waiting till Wednesday to talk about USC, but (laughs) it's just, you know, a little too fired up today about the Kenny Menchie news. So uh, that's uh, what it is. So anyway, everybody, I would like, I would really appreciate if you all would do us a favor and hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit the share the podcast with everybody verbally and also hit that share button. And also, we have a new thing where if you like the show and you can't watch live, but you always want to give a super chat, there's actually now a thanks button. Uh, Connor gave one here, but there's actually a thanks button. So if you're watching a show not live and you click on that thanks button with the dollar sign on it, you can actually give a super chat there in a non and then leave a post in there that we would respond to. Uh, That's a new thing that we have on our channel now as well. It's the same as a super chat, just not live. If You can check that out. And if you're listening via podcast, please give us a five star review. Sign up for the message boards at boards Check out Built Bar. Use the Irish Breakdown promo code. You get 10% off your entire purchase. And, of course, check out the merch, the IB merch store. So, for Brian and Sean, I'm Brian. Y'all have a great night. We'll talk to you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>